0: It's a pleasure to say good morning and welcome to 5440's Neil Osborne. Neil, good
1: morning. Good morning, Sterling. How are you?
0: I'm fantastic, thanks. It's great of you to join us. The musical history behind 5440 goes right back to 1978. Neil, you and Brad went to school in Tawasin at South Delta High School. That's where
1: this whole thing began yes we uh we thought we'd just try our luck as being a band, and uh you know what I've only ever had one job, and that's being the singer in fifty four forty since nineteen seventy nine so uh crazy.
0: Is it true? I've been trying to find out some facts about you. And, of course, when you start looking for facts about bands and you look on the Internet, you never know what you're going to find. But one of the things that I found was your first actual official gig as a band took place on the night John Lennon was killed. Is that true?
1: That is absolutely true. So it was December, I think it was 8th, uh, uh, 1980. Yeah. So it was uh, one. It was a Monday night, and it was one of those uh, places out in Coquitlam, you know, where it was an open mic situation. Okay. I so we thought, well, let's go out before we, you know, really launch ourselves. Let's try a few songs on our open night. So it was a very uh, powerful evening, to say the least. I think anyone that was around and a, and a teenager or older in on that day definitely remembers where they were and what they were doing. So we just felt like. You know, we were we were sort of picking up a flag that maybe John had had to, had to let go.
0: I must we'll talk about an emotionally charged evening, Neil. Holy cow! I mean, how do you top that one, huh?
1: Yeah, no, it's a heck of a way to start.
0: No kidding. Yeah. And and how long after that of uh, that open mic debut uh, did you actually get into the studio and start recording and 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 figure out that this 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 has got some legs here? We might we might as well do something with
1: this. Yeah, I mean we we always enjoyed writing, and then uh, the extension of that would be recording, and, and we and I think that's how we got a little advantage over maybe some of the other Vancouver bands, is we we found a way to get into the studio immediately, and then beg, borrowed, steel from our relatives to make records, and then when they're in record stores, local record stores like Zulu and Quintessence or, you know around Vancouver, right. uh, people started to take notice of us, and offer us shows and halls and schools and things like that. And, you know, very DIY in those days. And if you were DIY, you you stood ahead of the pack.
0: Indeed. Do you recall, Neil, the first time you heard one of your songs on the radio?
1: Uh, I don't recall the first time, but I remember when we were driving through uh, Toronto. It was our very first time in Toronto, which was, believe it or not, not until 1986. Huh. Uh baby ran. The song "Baby Ran" was number one on CFNY, and we we had the windows rolled down in the van, and we were screaming, and people were looking at us like we were idiots. But we were so happy.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's fun. I'm glad I asked you that because when you go back in the history of of bands, uh, especially uh, that have lasted as long as you have, it's it's quite a it's quite a trip back down memory lane. In the first place, to to even recall that. But again, what a euphoric moment, Neil.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, there's been a few. There's been a few highlights in our career that that are seemingly unforgettable. And then there's once in a while a fan will come up and remind us of a show or remind me of a show. And I'll have to sort of use the decks in the brain and go, "Oh, oh, yeah, 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 I remember that. And then, you know, so it's been great. I can't remember how many gigs we've done, thousands, so it's hard to remember them all. What was it like
0: when you found out that uh, your song I Go Blind had been remade by Hootie and the Blowfish and was being a big deal hit in the USA?
1: Yeah, that uh that happened quite organically. Apparently the uh, song was on the Friends soundtrack and and Hootie who were fans of our band, they were when they were in college, they used to come up up to Washington, D.C. is a little club called the 930 Club, not far from their school. And uh, they were in a cover band, and they said they did all our songs of our first two records. And, you know, they, they were just kids for us at the time. And then next thing you know, uh, they had released this song on a friend's soundtrack that wasn't supposed to be a single, but Boulder, Colorado, and then Denver, Colorado picked it up, and, and they got a lot of call-ins, like the old days. Mm-hmm. People, just, I want to hear that song. I want to hear that song. And it just grew across the country, and, uh, and then we went down to Los Angeles to get an award for the one of the top, th- the third most played song in the U.S. in 1996. So that was that was very special.
0: Indeed. So when was the actual 40th anniversary? Because I understand that this big blowout at the Commodore next Friday and Saturday night is the official celebration of 40 years in the biz. But you actually click past that milestone, Neil, during the pandemic when, of course, you weren't allowed to celebrate.
1: That's true kind of like it's kind of like the World Cup and some of these other events, like the Olympics. You know, there was we'll have the 2020 Olympics well, as soon as we can. Mm-hmm. So 2020 would have been our 40th anniversary as a band. So, uh, but we're uh, we're going to just prolong it here. You know, who wants to age?
0: Exactly. Well, I'm looking, I'm trying to find a quote that was attributed to you. Wait a second. Here it is. Uh, this is a, a referring back to, again, the, what we just talked about, the, the fact that your first gig of any description was the night John Lennon was killed. So, you, it, quote, I used to say, if I'm still doing this when I'm 30, I'm going to shoot myself. And then I said, if I'm still doing this when I'm 40, someone, please shoot me. Now, if I'm still doing this at age 50 and over, dot. Dot dot. How you fill in that last part, Osborne?
1: Amazing, unbelievable. <laughs> I have to pinch myself. It's like I'm still rocking. But then you know what? We had a rule. Brad and I were in high school. We had two. Ob- well, we had many objectives, but one was we were going to open for the Rolling Stones, which we ended up doing in 2004. Wow. And and then we said uh, when they hang them up, when they when the Rolling Stones retire. That'll be our 20-year warning because we were pretty much 20 years. They started in 1960, believe it or not. So uh, when they retire, which they haven't done yet. I that's know. When we'll give our 20-year notice that we're retiring
0: <laughs> well, that's uh, that. Uh, that allows for a little, a little bit of runway left uh, in the in the life of fifty four forty. I wanted to ask you quickly here, Neil, before I have to let you go about a family curse because you've uh, you've sort of diversified your talent. You've you've gotten together with your daughter Kendall, and this is not new. This is something that's been going on for a couple of years. Tell us about this diversion that you've got yourself involved in.
1: Yeah, Candle was stranded living with her my daughter. uh, She's an artist in her own right. She was stranded during the pandemic sort of with us in Vancouver. And then we found this uh, thing called the Green Screen and we started to make our own DIY videos. And we uh, started a band, kind of a Texas blues outlaw band. Uh, That's kind of the inspiration behind it. And we're actually opening for 5440 this coming weekend. So okay. We're, we're pretty excited. Yeah. Have
0: you played so, uh, Have you played gigs together uh, live again? Because this all started recently during the pandemic. Is this your first uh, step into the Silver Spotlight as
1: a duo? Uh, We've played a garage. We've played a living room. We've played a couple of <laughs> sketchy nightclubs. <laughs> we did a little tour of Ontario that was uh, anywhere and any, everywhere. We even played a Shakespeare Theatre. Um, so this will be the first sort of big time, big in the big time at the Commodore.
0: Absolutely. And finally, the Commodore home away from mm-hmm. home after all these years. I know it started out of the smiling Buddha, but you played the Commodore almost as many times as, as, as the, the real, uh, lifers down there. Haven't
1: you? Uh, we hold the record for sure by, by quite a number. I don't know how many it is, but I think we're close to 70 plays. Still. Yeah. And that was another dream when we started out of high school. It's like our dream is to, to one day play, play the Commodore. So it's so fantastic. We get to live our dream every year. <laughs>
0: no kidding. And I've seen you at the Commodore more than a few times. And what a great, comfortable venue from the stage and down on the floor. Everybody likes being there, and it shows. It's great fun.
1: Yeah, we have a big family. I mean, everybody that comes to our shows, it's, a, it's like a big picnic of the 5440 family. It's, it's so fun.
0: Time's up, Mr. Osborne. Can people still get tickets for either Friday or Saturday night coming up next weekend at the Commodore? Or are you already sold out?
1: I think we're getting close, but I do believe there are tickets still available. So, um. All right.
0: Well, congratulations. It's, it's been quite a ride and far from over. And we do appreciate you're doing this with us this
1: morning. Thanks a lot, Neil.